Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationships with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. This is episode seven of the Table and Well podcast. We are so glad you're listening with us today. Hey, be sure to download and subscribe on whatever your preferred listening platform is. That way you can get all the notifications about the Table and Well podcast when the new episodes come out and anything else that we may want to let you guys know about. So we're just going to keep on trucking with uh, relational maturity. Um, Today, we're going to be starting part one of three of the child level of maturity. Um, You know, infant level and child level are probably the two most difficult stages to hear about. And the reason for that is because you start to realize that you might have some gaps in your maturity. And so um, you may find yourself being a little triggered and you may have some emotions that come out that maybe you don't know what is going on with that. So for instance, there may be some sadness that happens when you start to realize that, man, I, I'm, I really, I'm lacking in this area. There might be some anger that comes out for Janelle. That's really what happened with her. It was like, man, why didn't my parents do this? Or why didn't this happen? Um, for me, it was shame. There's a lot of shame that said, man, I'm like 44 years old. Why am I just now learning to do this? Or I should already know how to do this. And there's a lot of shame attached to that. And another one that comes out that's actually really interesting is judgment, because once you begin to see and understand and learn um, about the different levels of maturity and the relational skills that are needed, you begin to see it all over the place where people are not as mature as maybe you thought they were. And it can get really easy to start judging people for where they are. And that is by no means what this is for. This is primarily and really most importantly to take a look at yourself in the mirror as almost like a map of where am I, where do I want to go, um, and so, and what are the tools that I need to do to get there? This is not a tool that you use to judge other people or put other people down. That's not what this is about at all. It's really just a big mirror that you need to be looking in. So just keep that in mind as you're listening to these things because it's very, very possible that you can be very triggered by what you hear. And so the key is not to sit in those emotions and be able to quiet and come back and say, okay, God, this is where I am. What do I need to do to move forward? So this podcast is going to begin with the recap of the infant stage of maturity. See, every stage builds on the previous one. And we don't want to assume that you've listened to our past podcast or that you know what a mature infant looks like. So let's start part one of the child stage of maturity. The first stage is infant, zero to three, and their primary task is learning how to receive. Right. Um, and so, because that's all they can do. Yep, that's that, it. That's it. That's all they can job. do is receive. So mm-hmm. that's why they're here is to receive. And so um, a mature infant should be able to receive, as we just said, they should be able to rest and know how to rest. They should be able to synchronize or attune with others. Um Regulate their emotions and self-calm. So what that looks like is um, if you have a child that is or an infant between, you know, three years old and they start to cry or to get out of control or they're upset or they're angry or something, then we should be able to, with some help, guidance from us, they should be able to calm themselves mm-hmm. and, and come, come back, back to neutral. Come back yeah. to neutral. And so 
Um, that's leads right to the next one, return to joy from every emotion. Mm-hmm. So again, those are, they should be able to do that. And again, those are things that we, because they only receive, mm-hmm. we as a community have to teach them yep. and walk them through that. Um, be the same person over time. So they shouldn't have crazy mood swings. Mm-hmm. Even as infants and even as babies, sometimes that happens. So we should be able well, and they'll start to really start to form a personality toward mm-hmm. the end of that three years, where you start to kind of know them, and there's some consistency in who they are. Um, granted, zero to three, like ooh, <laughs> uh, just when you think, especially zero to about 18 months, just when you think you know wh- who they are and what they're doing, yeah. uh, then the next thing you know, like teething happens and then they're monster child again. It That's not what it's referring to, yeah. but you should start to see a consistent personality who beginning to develop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Of who they are. Yeah. Um, have an awareness of their needs and how, and how to meet them. So um, like we talked about earlier, the attuning part is, um, where a baby cries and then we attune to that and we begin to understand that, well, this whine means they're hungry and this whine means that they're tired. Mm-hmm. This cry means that their diaper's dirty. Mm-hmm. And so they should have an awareness of what they need. So by the time they turn three, they should understand that, oh, this is hunger mm-hmm. that I'm feeling. That, oh, I'm uncomfortable in my diaper mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And then begin to know how to meet that need. So if that is asking, if that is a certain cry or a certain whine that, the parents have already attuned to, and then we begin to teach them how to use words. And we'll get into that a little bit later, mm-hmm. but understand what their needs are and then what they need to do at their infant level to get it met. Right. And so really that transition between infant and child is that time period and the skill of learning to recognize what they need and learn to begin to ask for it. So in that toddler stage, three years old, they should have some <laughs> language to where they can not just when they're thirsty, throw themselves on the floor in a melted mess, but be able to say, oh, recognize one, I'm thirsty and Mm -hmm. I want something to drink. And two, have been taught by their community to ask for it. Not whine, not pitch a fit, not demand, but to ask and say, mommy, can I have, can I have a drink? Or um, my kids always used to say, I'm thirsty. And my response was always, that's nice. Because I wanted them to, because I had taught them how to ask and I wanted them to continue to practice that skill. So yeah. they didn't get, get things from me by like speaking into the universe. Um, yeah. Random statements about life. It was about, it was, Hey, if you need something from me, I really want you to practice the skill of asking that because it's such an important skill in life. And yeah. as we'll talk about in this stage, when that's missed, it really does create some major challenges. in it adulthood. Does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we talked about that. So when an infant learns what's wrong and what they need, it marks a transition mm-hmm. going from infant yep, to, to child. child. So child age is four to 12 years old. Uh, we've mentioned in previous videos that the next stage is adult. And um, based on Jim Wilder's research and mm-hmm. actually culturally across the world, throughout <coughs> scripture, um, even in brain science and brain development, by 13 years old, you should be able to be an adult. And we'll talk a little bit more about what an adult is and the definition. Uh, it doesn't mean you move out and, you yeah. know, all of that. But because uh, really that child maturity, their whole goal is to take care of themselves. Yes. Is to be selfish. Yes. That is. That's it. That's it. So by 13, some that should be changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the primary goal at childhood stage is 
is taking care of self, but really just taking care of one, one. person. That's it. Yep. Uh, that's all that they're able to do, and which can be a little bit maddening because, you know, as a parent of a of a child, you're just like, oh my gosh, all they think about is themselves. That's all they're thinking right. about. They're supposed to. Yeah, it's actually their job. Their job is mm-hmm. to figure out what they need, how to ask for it, and how to figure out what's best for them. And, right. and we'll talk through all of that. Another one of those needs is to develop an individual identity. So understanding that, I am a person and this is who I am. These are what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what's good for me. This is what's not good for me. Um, and so those two are the major primary goals in this stage. Mm-hmm. So again, I think, I don't know if we said this, but it's ages four to 12. Yep. Okay. We did. All right. So childhood, I'm going to read this because it's just so well put, but childhood is a time of expanding your skill sets and exploring the world around you. In this way, children learn their place in the world. So they learn their identity by exploration and who their people are. So belonging and identity is also a key mm-hmm. thing that is learned in childhood and how to act like themselves in a way that gets their needs met. Yeah. So uh, acting like themselves is is securely knowing who I am and I'm capable of, of being present asking for what I need. Whereas I could also, I guess the flip side of that would be, I learned to ask for what I need, but I learn it in a very unhealthy way, maybe mm-hmm. by throwing a fit or withdrawing yeah. or um, anger or things like that. So, but the goal in childhood is really developing a person who's mm-hmm. confident in themselves, know that they belong, yep. know that they have an identity mm-hmm. and that they can operate in the world in an exchange to get their needs met in a healthy way. Yeah. Yep. So, um, the biggest thing that a child lacks, remember, they're supposed to be selfish and they're supposed to know how to take care of one person, learn how to, obviously. To. Yes. They don't show up at four, at four years old and they're like, hey, hey. I can take care of myself now. Thank yep. you very much. Took my own dinner. Yeah. This I is an eight you. year learning process. Yes. But one thing that they won't be able to do at the child level is take care of other people. That is Really, correct. the only person they can take care of and learn to take care of is themselves. themselves. And the only person they should be yeah. taken care of is themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit later in the video about what happens when responsibility is placed on them to Mm -hmm. not just take care of themselves, but others as well. Uh, Not not in a nice, not in a learning way, but in a responsibility way. What happens in childhood? Yeah. When they when basically we'll talk again. But when they start doing things above their maturity stage, stage. Mm -hmm. when they're being placed into an adult or parent role. Right. So like we said earlier, um, every stage has needs and tasks. So there's things that the child needs and there's child and well, there's needs and tasks. So there's things that the child needs, but there's also tasks that they have to complete. Right. And there's also tasks that the community or their family have to complete to help them meet their needs. Meet their needs. Yeah. Right. So there's needs and tasks in each level. And so we want to talk right now just some of the child stage needs that they, that they have. So one of them would be help. Um, they need help learning how to appropriately articulate their needs. Mm-hmm. So that is that space where um, Janelle was talking about, you know, when they say I'm thirsty, it's like, that's nice. You know, what, can I help you with something or how can you begin to coach, coach them and to be able to ask for what they need? Because mm-hmm. it's our joy to help them and it's our joy to give them what they need. Mm-hmm. But it's also they need to learn how to ask for it. Yes. And appropriately articulate it, not throw a fit, not throw a temper tantrum, all of those things. But how do you appropriately ask for what you need? Um, challenge and encourage them to do difficult things. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very huge one because mm-hmm. I know that that's one thing that for me that I didn't receive when, when I was growing up mm-hmm. was the challenge of doing difficult things. Um, and what it looked like for me and 
adult life, real life, <laughs> was that if it was too hard for me or I felt it was too hard, then it must not be from God. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Because you weren't taught as a little like, no, you actually are capable yeah. to press through. And yeah. we'll talk more about that as well. Um, one other thing that a child needs is help doing what I don't feel like doing. So when you yeah. were in that situation and you didn't uh, know how to do the difficult thing mm -hmm. and didn't want to do the difficult thing, you really needed your community and your caregivers to step up and say, no, you actually really can do this and model that for you. So yeah. Well, it's a, it's a twofold thing too, because I didn't know how to ask for what I needed either. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I knew point. what I needed, but I didn't know how to ask for it. So even when things were hard, I asking couldn't. when they got hard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it became almost embarrassing to ask because I should know how to do it because I'm 12, 12 yeah. or I'm 10 or whatever the case may right. be. Right. So huh. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So one of the tools that we've learned about that is really helpful in this situation is the leadership square. Yes. So um, go ahead and explain it. You know, you, you're much more familiar with the leadership yeah. square than I am. So. What it is, and it's funny because we when I, when we learned about it, I remember I was actually sitting next to Olivia, our daughter, and we, we learned about it. I looked at Liv and I went, that's how we raised you. And she looked up at the board and she went, oh, yeah. We had no idea. We had no idea. <laughs> totally God. We had no clue what we were doing. But that was it. So what it looks like is, so it's a square. I'm assuming you out there know what it is. But basically what, how it works is um, the top of the square says it's, it's I do you watch. So as the parent or as the, the leader, it's I do it. And then whoever you're training or whoever you're teaching is watching, watching you do it. You do it. Mm -hmm. So you're, they're learning by example. So I do, you watch. And then as you move around to the other side of the square, um, it's the I do, you help. So what that looks like is I'm doing it and then I'm going to ask you to help and do things with inside of that that I know you can do. Mm -hmm. And begin to show you how to do it. Now you're, they're still watching. And so it's, I do, you watch. And then it's, I do, you help. And then we get to the bottom of the square. And this one over here is usually the longest phase that I do, you help, because what happens is you, they begin to understand what they, what kids don't, what you, you begin to see what they don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's a long stage there because now they're learning what they don't know. And sometimes kids and even in adults when you're doing this, um, that stage can be very discouraging because they think they should know it, but they yeah. don't know it and yeah. it's okay. And you're catching gaps of, yeah. of knowledge that they maybe didn't have. So um, like I just went horseback riding uh, this weekend and I've been horseback riding with the same woman now about a half a dozen times. And I've watched her every time she bridles the horse, every time she brushes the horse, mm -hmm. every time she does. And I've been doing it. <clears throat> But I'm watching her do it and then I do it. And this last time she slowed down and she said, OK, um, I want you to you're going to do it. You're going to help me do it. I'm still going to do most of it, mm -hmm. but you're going to help me do it. And so then I got my hands in there and then it then it became more familiar and less distant. Yeah. And so at, and she's walking me through the leadership and as, square unknowingly. unknowingly. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because as you do it, you realize what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, there's someone close enough to fix your mistakes right. and close enough to to correct and teach in the moment versus an hour later to say, yeah, you totally did that part wrong. And now we have a consequence from it. Yeah. They're really walking with you. You can fix it in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and so then so that's so we got the I do you watch so that I do you help. And then it flips to the bottom of the square. Then it goes, you do. I help. Mm -hmm. And so what that looks like is now they're doing it on their own. Mm -hmm. 
they're they're doing it, and but you're there to support them, just like with with horse, horseback riding. With yeah. you were brushing the horse, so you were doing it, but she was right there to help fix things and correct things in the mm-hmm. process, asking answer any questions that you may have had. Right. So you're there, you're teaching. It's all the teaching thing, and then when mm-hmm. they finally get it, then they move to the end of it on the far other side of the square where it's you do and I watch or I like it better it says you do and I celebrate. Yeah. So it means that you're you've got it, you're doing it, you're running with it and mm-hmm. I'm there to cheer you on and give you any support you might need along the way, but really it's a you got it. You go yeah. do it. And this is a great tool. It doesn't I mean we're teaching it in child maturity mm-hmm. just because this is something that a parent it's totally appropriate to walk through in childhood. But you can walk this through with anybody who, if you're carrying a skill mm-hmm. that somebody doesn't have, like my friend who rides horses and knows all about horses, she's she's guiding me in such a healthy way yeah. through the leadership square that I get to grow and be confident in what I'm mm-hmm. learning because I'm. She didn't just hand me a horse and say good luck with that. She she's actually slowly but surely walking me around the leadership square. Yeah, this could also look like um, because part of being a child is knowing how to meet your own needs. That's the whole idea. So we've talked about making a sandwich too. Oh yeah. So this could look very simply for your kids. You know, they start out at four years old and they're like, I'm hungry. (laughs) And so, um, you, you say, okay, what do you need? Could you make me a sandwich? I want a sandwich. Okay. So you make the sandwich at four years old. You're making the kid the sandwich by five, six years old. You're like, okay, help me get the bread out. Mm -hmm. Okay. You get the bread out. You get the peanut butter. Yep. You know where the bread is. Get out the peanut butter and jelly. Um, by the time they're six or so, they're maybe they're up on the chair and they're buttering that bread and they're right. making a hot mess of it. But you know what? They're doing they're it. doing it, and you're there to help to make sure that they're getting it on the bread. And then you know you're walking them all the way around the square to where when they're 12 years old, they shouldn't be asking you to make a sandwich. Right. You know that's the that's our end goal that's here the end goal. is that they're going to make it all the way around the square. And so when they say, "Man, I'm hungry," you're like, "Hey, you know where the bread and the jelly and the peanut butter is? Go for it, kid." Yep. Um, or they're actually cooking on a stove too yeah. by then, and they should be. It should be. So that's one way that we're, that's a real practical way that yeah. you can walk a child around the leadership yeah. square. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, one of the things too that they need in that stage is the help evaluating of their consequences of behavior. So basically mm-hmm. helping them, you know, A plus B equals C. So if you do this, then this happens, which brings to this outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so saving our kids from consequences is actually not helpful in that regard. Yeah. Because really the goal is teaching them that everything you do has, has an outcome to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a positive outcome and it could be a negative outcome. And sometimes the outcome actually has nothing to do with what you actually did. Sometimes yeah. life just happens. Yep. But the more that we save our kids from that, the bigger that disappointment is when they become adults and they realize, oh, there's math problems all day, every day. A plus B equals C. Yeah. Um, and if A and B are bad, then C is bad. And mm-hmm. if A and B are good, then C is usually good. And sometimes A and B equals D, and we're not quite sure why. Wow. Yeah. But we can actually good. recover together. Yep. That's yeah. really good. Uh, let's see. Let's go to this one here. So also they need help sorting out um, feelings, imagination, and reality. And so what that means, so by usually up until the age of five, if a child feels it, then it's real. Mm-hmm. So like if they feel it in their body, then it's going to happen. It's like, you know, sometimes we get, we get as parents, we kind of, we get frustrated sometimes because we're like our kid throws themselves on the floor because they want that toy or they want that candy. And we say no. And they literally pitch a fit. Like there's a demon coming out of them. <laughs> the whole world's the gonna whole end. World's gonna end. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is going on? But it literally to them in their body 
feels like they're going to die mm-hmm. if they don't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels very real to them. <laughs> very real to them. So just keeping that in perspective, um, that should not be happening when they're 12. They, yes. You're helping them realize what the difference is between reality and not reality. So mm-hmm. the reality is the world isn't going to end because you didn't get the piece of candy. It's going to be okay. Even, But right. don't. But part of what knowing is, yes. is don't disregard the fact that to them, though, that's still very yeah, real. Don't yeah, don't um, don't disregard the feeling of mm-hmm. hurt and frustration and despair. Acknowledge that and say, I completely understand that you feel like the world's mm-hmm. going to end right now. But you're going to you're going to we're going to be okay. We're going to be OK. Be and okay. We'll get through it together. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll walk through it together. Um, so th- definitely do that. Um, feedback on guesses, attempts and failures. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The whole goal of childhood is that you do guess, you You do try and you do fail. Like riding a bike is a great example of that. So um, providing feedback on guesses, riding a bike is one big guess. When you put a little one (laughs) on a bike with no training wheels, like they're, they're trying to read their body. They're trying to figure it out. And usually at least once there's a good spill or two and, um, and providing feedback. Oh, Hey, if you don't break so hard, you won't be trajected off the front of the bike. (laughs) Or, you know, if you hold your steering wheel a little more firm, you're going to steer a little more easier. When you turn corners, don't turn so sharp. Yeah. Don't lean so far. mm -hmm, Don't lean so far. Little things like that. Mm so yeah, also I think one of the things too that a child needs is, and I think this is also really important, is help developing talents and resources, helping them to realize that, um, again, it's that helping them discover what they like, what they enjoy, what their talents are, who they are as individuals. Yeah. Um, and, and it goes back to, I think in this situation too, it's a lot of what do the kids love to do, not what you as parents love mm, to do. That's good. It's that's not, good. it's not, let me develop, like for, I played baseball. And high school, college, a little bit of semi-pro baseball, and I love the sport of baseball. And so when Trey started about eight, seven or eight years old, started, he started playing baseball. So I'm like, this is awesome. My son <laughs> oh, is following in my footsteps. I love this sport. So I'm coaching him and we're doing things. And by the time he got to be about 12, he his I mean, he loves the game, but his love for the game wasn't as deep as my love for the game. Right. And so he decided he didn't want to do that anymore and we got him into martial arts and that was the direction that he wanted to go at that time and so as a parent it's like okay you know we still went out and played catch in the yard and we still Mm -hmm. did that but it was the development of him he realized that actually my talent is not in baseball it's in martial arts Mm -hmm. and that's what I want to do and that's what's good for me and so as a parent not pushing baseball on him but saying okay let's go let's do martial arts let's take you there yeah and that was happening as his identity was being developed. So Mm -hmm. at four years old, we weren't like, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up a firefighter? Okay, let's go train in firefighting now that you're four years old. Uh, No, they don't have a concept when they're four. Remember, up until they're five, their feelings are their reality. So, you know, that was age appropriate that when he's 10 or so, he's starting to really say, no, I I think I'm really starting to know myself well. And as much as I love this, it's not something that I want to continue to devote a lot of my time to. And so, again, as we're talking about this child stage, I just think we need to keep in mind that when we say, as we're saying things, obviously at four, your kid is not deciding for their own lives. At 12, they really should be Mm -hmm. starting to really be able to articulate who they are what they enjoy and what they need. Cause they're our goal through the stage is to help them develop their resources. Mm-hmm. So resources being, if you were to go out into the world today, mm-hmm. do you have what you need to be able to survive? Yeah. Can you figure out what you need? Can you get what you need mm-hmm. and what are you good at? So as you're thinking about, cause they're thinking about developmentally at that age, 
who am I? What am I going to mm-hmm. do with this world? How do I how do I contribute? Right. And the last key task of the community is also helping children figure out where they fit in the bigger picture. Yeah. So knowing their family history, knowing God's history, where they fit in creation, mm-hmm. knowing um, even just the U.S. history pieces of that of who am I, where do I fit, and where do I belong, and knowing as well that I was created for a unique purpose brought to this earth mm-hmm. for a reason, and I actually am a contributing member of society. Yep. This world needs me mm-hmm. to participate and developing that young, I think, allevi- well, I know, alleviates a lot of where adults are struggling today. A lot of our young adults yeah. where Who am I? Who am I? How and, do I fit? And how do I fit? Yeah. And, 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 and the easiest way for those that have kids between the ages of like that 10 to 12 age, the easiest way is just tell them stories. Oh, yeah. Just tell them mm-hmm. stories about your family. I mean, that make me, you need to go do some research on your own <laughs> family and how you got to here, how you got here, how you became... You know, how did you start in music? How did you start in doing this? How does your family like maybe there's a lot of athletes in your family. There's a lot of artists or there's a lot of painters or there's whatever it might be in your family. Like, how did that happen? And begin to explain and and talk through the history of your family Mm -hmm. and then what their mark on history is, because I think that's a big family's mark on history. history. And and let your kids know that you are part of that history and you can create a history of your own. Right. Mm -hmm in our family and in the world. Yeah. And I think belonging also plays a key piece here too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Simple things like you look like grandpa. Oh my gosh. When you do that, it so reminds me of grandpa or it so reminds me of your aunt Sally, Uh, knowing that I have a people that I belong to and that I'm like is such a fundamental need in childhood and in just the basis of identity. Uh, That's why people who are adopted often seek to find who they are and who they're connected to because there's this deep inner longing Mm -hmm. to know that we belong somewhere and that we match other people around us. So helping your kid know that you, hey, we match here. And if you are an adoptive parent, letting them know that you still match here. So Mm -hmm. even if they don't know their biological family, that there are similarities between you and that your history can be their history and they begin to build a new history because they now have a family they belong to, even if there isn't a bloodline. Yeah. And then understanding that, like for us, it was like, we're berries and berries do this. Mm -hmm. Berries don't do that. Berries Mm -hmm. do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even with adopted children, it's the same thing. It's like, no, you are, you are engrafted in this family. Every Every piece of history that has been passed down to me is now passed down to you. Yeah, which is biblical, right? Like we are grafted in Mm -hmm. as Gentiles into the Jewish heritage. And so the same thing happens in physical adoption. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, we weren't intending on getting on this, but, but it is important, especially for adoptees who may not naturally fit in family history to know that they still fully fit and they still fully belong. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.